Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes on him should not perish. They should not perish, but they shall have, they shall have everlasting life. Oh, God, so love the world that he gave his only begotten son that who so believes on him should not perish they should not perish but they shall have they shall have God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but they will have everlasting life. We praise God today that he wants and is giving us everlasting life. Understand what your Christianity is all about, my brother or my sister. It is all about eternal or everlasting life. This is why we celebrate him. This is why we uh, praise him. We worship him. Because God, you know, has given us the most precious gift, my brother and my sister eternal life, everlasting life. We do give him all glory, all honor, and all praise. 
We do thank God for each one of you, children of God. We pray the Lord is blessing you very well uh, wherever this broadcast is finding you. And we hope that you are prospering and that you are in good health even as your soul is prospering. Um, the Lord had been dealing with me um, about some things recently. Um, I spoke with an individual uh, on yesterday from uh, I think he was in Liberia. We have our bishop in Liberia that is doing a very fine job overseeing the Christian Center Church worldwide. Um, Bishop James, and we praise God for his life and for everything that the Lord is using him to do. He uh, recently had a grand crusade down there, and I told him I, I, I was thinking I would love how I would love to have been with him in that. But a uh, another young man sent me a message uh, on Facebook from Liberia, and I normally like to direct individuals from countries to the bishop that we have in that country. God has opened up uh, so many doors for us around the world that I can't uh, deal with all of the 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 people or the people of God that God is is sending to us. So we have bishops in different countries, and I normally send individuals to the bishop of that particular country because um, the workload is getting to be so intense. But this particular individual. Uh, has been sending me a couple of messages, and we began to talk through the computer. And uh, I asked him, because I thought he was a minister, um, because I wanted to connect him with our bishop there in Liberia and get him working with him. And I asked him, I said, are you a minister? Are you? You know, are you preaching there? And he told me he was a Jehovah's Witness, which I am. Now, you got to hear that with spiritual ears. Jehovah is the covenant name of God. I'm a witness to the, 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 the God that we serve, but I don't believe in a premise of their doctrine. People ask me, Apostle, are you a Catholic? I'm like, yes, I'm a Catholic. Catholic means universal. The church is is a universal church. I'm a Catholic. Are you a Jehovah's Witness? Yes, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. The Jehovah's a covenant name. So you, a lot of these uh, religions that we might call them, they have some very positive things in their name or in their title, many of them, but they have errors in their doctrine. You know, the Catholics, uh, one of the errors in their doctrine is praying to Mary. Mary was just a woman, just like you out there. Some of you ladies that are in the room, or just, she was just a woman. She she can't do anything for you. That's one of their errors. Well, the Jehovah's Witness uh, 
the error in their doctrine is that they don't accept Jesus Christ as God. They accept him as the Son of God. They accept him as the Savior. A lot of good things, but they don't accept him as God. Let me explain something to you under the sound of my voice. Jesus was not only God's son, because the first question many of them ask is, how can one be God's son and be God? Can I be my son and myself? Well, the difference is that you are trying to apply our limitations to God. God can be his son and himself. God can be in you just like he can be in me. See, I'm limited. You're, you're limited. We can't be everywhere all, all at the same time, but our God can. We can't be both our son and ourself at the same time, but God says what? I can. So I began to, uh, once he told me that he was Jehovah's Witness, and uh, I don't know how, we got to communicating, but, um, you know, I, in essence, told him, you know, I, I didn't want to talk anymore, you know, I, and he went on to try to explain and and prove that Jehovah's Witness, that doctrine that Jesus was not the Christ, uh, was a sound doctrine. I said, well, look, I said, here's what I'm willing to wait on. I said, because well, the bottom line is, I say that Jesus was God. You all say that Jesus is not God. I say, one of us is wrong. One of us is going to be proven to be a liar. One of us is going to be sent to hell without belief. I said, I'm willing to wait. I'm, I, we, don't, we don't have to keep talking about this, and we definitely don't have to argue about it. I said, let's let's wait and see. He went on. I mean, he was talking and talking and talking. He would send so much information with scriptures and all kinds of things. And I would just put after he finished uh, sending me messages. We will see who's right and who's wrong. Oh, he would go on and start talking again. I did this, and I said, I kept right on. I kept right on with him. And letting him type and letting him put information. I just kept saying, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And that's the thing that we have to keep in mind, children of God. We don't have to argue what with what? Anybody. Because the truth of the matter is, if I'm saying it's one thing, you saying it's another thing, or I'm saying it's this and you saying it's that, God is going to, God is going to, prove and reveal who was operating in the spirit of truth and who was operating in the spirit of error. Listen to me, child of God. There's only one of two things that we can operate in as human beings. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice, every one of you, is that you will operate in the spirit of truth in the mighty name of Jesus. So I just kept putting I said, we'll see. Oh, he would start talking. Well, look at this scripture. Look at that scripture. And I told him at one point, I said, the problem is, bro, that 
we believe that Jesus was God or is God as well, and you all don't. I said, now, you know, because of that one thing that, that, that you all don't believe, everything you all be saying on the other side of that be error. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? You understand this, child of God. When there is an aspect of the truth that we don't accept, a truth about something that we don't accept, what happens, the adversary fills the void with all types of lies. In other words, uh, let's say that we don't believe that man is the head of the woman. Well, what happens now, you know, and that's just a, a scriptural truth. Well, what happens now is the adversary is able to come in and tell you all kind of lies in regards to that. So it is important and it is imperative for you and I to believe God as much as possible, which will give less room to the adversary. The Bible says don't, don't give any place to the devil. When you and I don't believe the truth, it, just, it can be just one piece of the truth. When we don't believe the truth, we give space to the devil. We give room to the devil to come in and tell us a bunch of nonsense. And that's just what I told I told uh, uh, the individual from Liberia. I said, because you all don't believe that Jesus Christ was God, what has happened here is, you know, in essence, the adversary has filled you all up with a lot of nonsense, you know. Until and I said, we'll see. Let's let's just see who is telling the truth about that. I'm I'm willing to wait, you know. And what we have to be willing to do, child of God, is we have to be willing to wait on things. We got to be willing to wait. Rather than argue with individuals, just wait. Tell them the truth, and then we'll just let us wait. And let's wait and see, because God is going to prove the truth. You know, those who are walking in the truth, and God is going to prove those who are walking in lies. Well, you say, Apostle, what, what is all this to say? It's what caused God to move on my heart with the topic or the message for today. You, you see the topic, the tithe, the tithe, or the truth about the tithe, because uh, just as individuals outside of Christianity can be led astray and are led astray by the adversary, children of God, if they are not sensitive and obedient to the Spirit of God, they can be led astray. you got a whole lot of Christians led astray, led astray. You know, lack of study, because some of us refuse to study it, because some of us just want to believe something that People been telling us or just believe something and end up led astray. This is why the Lord has instructed through his holy apostles, study to show your what? Self-approved unto God. Listen to me. It's not pastor's responsibility to study for you. It's not the apostle's responsibility to study for you. 
every one of us as children of God has been given the charge by God. Never mind Apostle Brian. Never mind what your pastor said. Never mind us talking. God is talking. When he instructs us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen who need not be ashamed. So you must not don't study God's word. You end up ashamed before God. My prayer for you is that that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. If we don't study God's word for ourselves, we're going to end up ashamed before God. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not be ashamed, but who rightly divides. Now, there's, there's, there's some things here. But who rightly divides the word of truth. Now, we got some things here that will happen for us if we study. And we got some things right in this in this scripture that that won't happen for us if we don't study. Let me say that again. What? We got some things that will what? Happen for us if we study. And some things that won't happen for us if we don't study. All right? Let's look at them. Let's look at them. Let's look at this line by line, and then we're going to move on into the message briefly. The scripture says, study to show your what? Self-approved. There's one thing that will happen for us. If we study like we're supposed to, we can be approved by God. God and put his stamp of approval on us. God ain't got but two two stamps for humanity. God said, Robert, deal, deal with this and share this with my people. God got the stamp of what? Approval. And God got the stamp of disapproval. Two stamps. Approve, disapprove. Now, when we study God can put his stamp of approval on us. God can look at us and say, yes, yes, that's what I wanted. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice. I don't know what you've been doing in the country that you're in. I see various countries up here, various individuals represent. My prayer for you is that from today, whether you've been doing it or whether you have been doing it, I don't know. We, we will, you will study that God might approve of you. Study to show yourself approved unto God. You're sitting around talking about you, you got nothing to do or you're bored. or you, Study. All that means is that's time that you could be studying. I could be studying. When we study God's word, God is placing his stamp of approval on us. So that's one thing that will happen for a study, to show yourself approved under God, a workman who needs not be ashamed. That's another thing. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be uh, in situations and in circumstances, not knowing what the words say, not knowing what God say, not knowing what God wants you to do. You don't have to be ashamed. God can keep me and you from being ashamed, from being ignorant. Scripture says God would not have us ignorant 
before men. Well, God wouldn't have us ignorant before men. But what about you? Do do you want us? Do you want us ignorant? Do you want to be ignorant before men? God don't want you to be ignorant. Scripture says God would not have us ignorant before men. But the question is, is not what God wants. The question is, what do you want? Just like it's not God's will that any should perish. God, in essence, saying, look, I want you saved, but what do you want? Because what God will do for a majority of the time is he will give way to our will. That's why we want to line our will up, what? With his will, because he will give way for for a time. He'll give way, you know, if you don't want to be saved, God says, all right. You don't want to hear the word, God's all right. You don't want to live right, God's all right. All right, go ahead, do your thing. But there's going to be an accountability. There's going to be a reckoning. God gives us free will, meaning God will let us do, for the most part, whatever we want to do. God will let you do. But as I've shared with you all a number of times, and I share with you all again, it's not what God let us do that we need to be focusing in on. It's what God wants us to do that we need to be focusing in on. That what God lets us do is his permissive will. What God wants us to do is his perfect will. My prayer for you, my brother and my sister is that you will walk in God's what? Perfect will. All right? So, study to show yourself approved unto God, working who need not be ashamed, who rightly divides. Another thing that happened for you is you can rightly divide the word of truth. See, God's word is much like a jigsaw puzzle. And I had to share this with one of our, the installers that came from, our service provider the other day he was a young Christian, and we ended up talking. I ended up sharing a number of number of things with him. I said, but I, I told him, I said, God's word is like a jigsaw puzzle. He was like, you know, what do you mean, Apostle? Jigsaw puzzle, all the pieces fit together, but you have to have them in the what? Right place. Same thing with God's word. God's word fits together. But you gotta have it. You gotta rightly divide it. You gotta have it in the right place. Cause see, if we got God's word in the wrong place, it won't fit together. Then we'll be wondering what's the problem. You have a jigsaw puzzle. And you don't. You don't have a piece in the right place. You'll be wondering what's the problem. It don't look like the picture. It, it, it's not fitting. It's not going. And, and and that's how lies do in the body of Christ. Because God's word is true. And every word he speak is true. We got to rightly divide it, though. In other words, you got to know exactly where it go and how it go and, and what the Lord was talking about. If not, it won't fit, my brother and my sister. And there are some doctrinal errors that, that's in the church today that is just not a right division of God's word. So we're going to look at the truth or, or about the tithe. You know, and I ask a lot because I have a number of friends of mine, ministers all over the world, that are led astray and in error. And I don't even, you know, share, I don't want to even share this when I'm in their churches and preaches and different things. But I, I share it, 
you know, here at the Christian Center and the Christian Center Church worldwide broadcast because this is what um, God has placed me over this ministry. Uh, and one question I asked to many of them to get them thinking, because Jesus would have to do this oftentimes with his disciples, you know, or, or with the, the religious leaders of his day, because they were believing lies in certain things, and Jesus would ask certain questions. You know, the apostle Paul even had to ask the Galatian church questions because he knew they were led astray and they were believing lies and they were twisted all up. So Paul asked them a question in Galatians. He said, when when you uh, received the Holy Spirit, was it because you believed what you had heard or because you obeyed the law? What was happening in the Galatian church, many of the saints were, were um being tempted to go back to the law, to certain aspects of the Old Testament law. Paul said, let me, I just want to ask a question. Let me say, did you receive the Holy Spirit because you believed what you heard or because you obeyed the law? Now, he knew the answer to that question, but he was asking them so that they would come on back to the right way of thinking. Well, just like I asked many of my Christian Center Church Worldwide pastors, many of my friends, pastors around the world, I asked them a simple question about the tithe. Was Malachi talking about money, bring ye all the tithe into the into the storehouse, that they may be me, or was he talking about food items? Because how you answer that question is much like the Jehovah's Witness that I dealt with on yesterday. Very simple question. Is Jesus God or not? Because how he, because he didn't answer that question properly, he was led astray by the adversary. And that this whole denomination, individuals are led astray because they won't answer that question properly. Is Jesus God or not? Well, the answer is yes. He was Emmanuel which means he was God, what? With us. They they want to accept him as the Savior and as, you know, this and that, but they don't want to accept him as God. Well, well, because you won't accept, and I told him, I had to tell him at one point yesterday, I said, because you, you accept part of what the Word says about Jesus and not all of what the Word says about Jesus, you are being led astray. You're being, you're being led in error. Well, that's what happens. When we can't answer simple questions honestly, then we give room to the adversary. Now, I ask again to the saints that are in here with us. I see a number of saints from different countries. Was Malachi talking about food items when he said, bring your other tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house? Or was he talking about money? Very simple question. Very simple question. Paul asked the Galatians, you know. In fact, let me let me let me let me look at that. Just want to ask Paul. I just want to ask one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit 
Galatians. For those of you saints that are, that are with your Bible, go to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 2. Galatians, chapter 3, verse 2. Now, now I'm going to go back to verse 1 just for contextual sake. The Apostle Paul had established the church in Galatia, but the saints were being led astray. And he saw it. He didn't like it. But he had to be very careful because a lot of times people, when they are led astray, they can become very, very violent, very, very dangerous. Remember, it was it was people, it was the religious leaders that crucified Jesus. People that claimed that they knew God and claimed that they believed in God, and they were the ones that hung Jesus on the cross. And so Paul asked a question, and go to Galatians 3 and 1. We'll start there. Paul says, oh, first of all, he said, oh, foolish Galatians. Anytime we being led astray and not listening to the truth, or the truth refuse to listen to the truth, we're being foolish because we're just giving place to the devil. He said, Paul said, look, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? When you get to the place where you won't accept the truth, you've been bewitched. I knew I was dealing with an individual yesterday when I was dealing with this this individual who, who wouldn't set, accept that Jesus Christ was God. I knew I was dealing with a man that had been bewitched. And I, he kept saying, well, Apostle, you know, why don't you tell me this? Why not? I said, don't worry, God, God is going God is going to reveal. I said, I can't reveal it to you. No one can come to God unless he comes through Jesus. And if you're refusing to come through Jesus, you can't even come to God. So I just said, well, God said God's going to show. God is going to reveal which of us was telling the truth and which of us was telling a lie. He said, apostles, tell me. I said, I can't tell you. I can't tell you nothing. Unless God reveal it to you. I said, let God. God's going to have to reveal it to you. Paul said, look, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul asked a question in verse 2. Very simple question. This is what apostles sometimes we have to do because people get led astray and they don't even know it and they, they'll try to fight against you for telling them the truth. Paul said, let me ask a question. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit, capitalized, meaning Holy Spirit, by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Paul said, that's all I want to know. Now, for those of you that want to go back to the law, did you receive the Holy Spirit by trying to observe the law? Or did you receive the Holy Spirit by believing what you heard? What Paul was trying to get the Galatians church to understand is the same thing I'm trying to get you to understand 2,000 years later. We are entered into and we have become a part of a faith movement as children of God. In other words, we receive the Holy Spirit because we believe something somebody told us. Somebody told us the truth about God, the truth about Jesus Christ, the truth about salvation. That's why we say somebody told us. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. Come on, somebody. And they are life. 
somebody told us. You need to understand why you believe what you believe. It's because somebody told you. Paul said, I just want to learn one thing. Did you receive the Holy Spirit because somebody told you and you you accepted that by faith or because you were trying to obey the law? Now, Paul said, which one is it? He knew which one it was, just like I know which one, one it is. He knew, Paul knew that they had accepted, that they had received the Holy Spirit by believing what they had heard. In other words, the truth about Jesus Christ, not by observing the law. And we don't receive the Holy Spirit today because we're trying to observe the law, because we're trying to pay a tithe, or because we're trying to... It's because we believe by faith what we have heard. Now, I, again, just as Paul asked the question, very simple question. He knew the answer. It was the believing by faith. I knew the answer, what Malachi was talking about. I asked you all a simple question. Now you go back and you can ask your pastor. You can ask whoever you want. And anybody tell you anything other than uh, when the question is asked, was Malachi talking about money or whether Malachi was talking about food items? Anybody tell you anything other than food items? They're lying to you. And they deceive. You better watch them because they mess around and be like that brother I was dealing with yesterday. Have a whole bunch. This brother had a whole bunch of scriptures and every kind and all, all of it because he was trying, not to, trying to prove that Jesus Christ was not God. And now, now you know one of the things that ran through my mind to share with him was, do you think I'm gonna, I'm gonna condemn myself to hell because of what you say? Because that, in essence, is what he was trying to He didn't know it, but that, in essence, is what he was trying to do. And that's what people are trying to do that are trying to convince you that Jesus Christ is not God. They're trying to get you sent to hell. They're trying to get you condemned to hell. Because the Bible says any spirit that confesses not Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, is the Antichrist. Let me, let me make it plain for you. That whole movement of those who don't accept Jesus Christ as God, not just the Son of God, as God, is a movement of Antichrist. It's like you've got religions out there, accept Jesus as a teacher or as a prophet, but they don't want to accept him as the as the Christ. It's the, they're the Antichrist. They're movements, religious movements of the Antichrist. Now, Malachi. Let's look at Malachi, chapter 3. Very important to rightly divide the word of truth. Very, very important, my brother and my sister. I encourage you, slow down. Study God's word. word. Study every word that God has said because every word is important. Malachi 3 and 10, listen at the instructions. From the New International Version, Malachi said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be, what? Food. 
food, children of God, food. Now, how these brothers don't jump down here and run with money, that's, that's, that's amazing to me, but, you know, we can get led astray. Malachi was talking about food. Maybe food in my house. In the King James, I think it says meat, but we're talking about food items. The Lord said, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, what was going on? Every prophet that spoke in the Old Testament addressed some problem in Israel. Let's keep that in mind. huh? No matter who the prophet was, that would be why God would often send his prophets, because there was some thing that the, the Israelites were not doing. God would send his prophets to address it. Isaiah had to address uh, uh, a lot of pride that was coming up in the people. Um, uh, um, Malachi addressed the people weren't, weren't, weren't bringing their tithes like they were supposed to. Uh, Jeremiah addressed, every prophet addressed was addressing some problem that the people of God were having in their generation or dispensation. In Malachi's day, the people weren't bringing the tithe, which were the food items, into the storehouse. So what was happening, the, the, uh, you had the priestly or, or, or the priestly tribe that was, was, stuff, was suffering. Because the people weren't bringing their tithe items, so they were some who they called the um, the Levites. Praise God, I couldn't wouldn't come to my mind. The Levites were suffering and starving to death because they the people weren't bringing the food. See, so Malachi addressed this. You you in essence saying you all got to bring your tithe items, the food items, so that the Levites, the priestly tribe, can eat. You know. Now, today, you know, many of us that are in full-time ministry, we rely or we use the donations that people send in to take care of our bills and to eat and different things. But that does not uh, excuse us to twist the scripture, you know. The Bible is clear when it talks about money, and the Bible is clear when it talks about food items. Malachi was talking about food items for the Levites. Now, you say, well, Apostle, I'm a pastor. How, how, what are we supposed to tell the people? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, in regards to money, this is the instruction in regards to money. Bible says on the first day of every week, each of you is to set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections have to be made. Well, what's supposed to happen? People today, on the first day of every week, individuals are to uh, make contributions to the church. 
You say, well, Apostle, how much am I supposed to contribute? How much is the Lord telling you to contribute? You know, people say, oh, well, Apostle, you don't believe in paying tithes? Sure, I do. If the Lord is telling you pay 10%, but if the Lord is paying you, telling you pay 20%, 50%, 40%, you you pay what the Lord tells you to pay. Because anything other than that, you're going to be in trouble with God anyway. The Lord can be telling you to pay 20%, and you paying a tithe or 10%. God's going to punish you because that ain't what he's telling you. God, the Holy Spirit speak different things to different people. There was a woman in Scripture, and the Lord is flashing this in my spirit now. She gave all she had. Jesus pointed her out. He said, you see this pure, poor widow? Jesus was watching the people put their offerings in at the, at the church or at the, the temple because there was no church at the time. And the rich were throwing in their offerings. And then this poor widow came and gave an offering of not even... You know, didn't even, not even came up to a mite, just a little mite. And Jesus said, you see this widow? She has given more than all the others. For they gave out of their wealth, but she has given out of her poverty. She's given everything she had to live on. Everything. She gave everything. Not a tithe, not 20%, not 50%. She gave everything. Jesus said she's giving, even though it wasn't much, but it was all she had. So you say, Apostle, what are you, what are you telling us to do? You got to hear from God. This is what I tell churches all over the world. You, before you give an offering, you need to hear from God. You need to be in prayer. Lord, how much you want me to give to the church this week, this day? How much you want me to give? And whatever he tells you, that's what you to give. Now, Malachi. So we're talking about that. Let's look at look at our select scripture for the day. In Leviticus chapter twenty seven. Verse 32, this was the law. In other words, this was God's instruction on tithing. What uh, Abraham did, people say, oh, well, Abraham did this. Yeah, that was his choice, and that, that even that wasn't money. He gave uh, a tenth of the spoils of war that he had received from a king. But this was the law. This was what God was telling all the Israelites. Now, we're, number one, we're not even under the law anymore. And number two, the tithe had nothing to do with money. All right? This was a law, Leviticus 27 and 32. For every tenth part of the herd or the flock, Whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. All right. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that when the law was given, the instruction was that every tenth animal that passed under the shepherd's rod, they would have a shepherd's rod, hold it out, let, let all your animals go parading right through there. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Take him, give him to the Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Take him and give him to the Lord. And whatever the tenth animal was. Now, what tithing was originally in Scripture, check it out. You go back and check out what I'm telling you. Check it out. It was a tenth of what your flocks. So you take your, your animals that were part of your flock. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten belongs to the Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten belongs to the Lord. Your herds, you would take your herds, whether it was a herd of uh, whatever. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it belongs to the Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it belongs to the Your flocks, your herds, and what your fields produce. So let's say your fields produced 100 bushels of corn. Well, 10 of those bushels belong to the Lord. Or let's say your fields produced a hundred uh, thing of 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 wine. Well, ten belong to the Lord. All right. So the instruction, the actual law of the tithe, was in regard to food items, my brothers and my sisters. Even Malachi says it. He says it plain. He says it plain. Um, so you say, Apostle, what are you what are you telling us? Study God's word, child of God, so you don't get led astray. Study God's word. Study, study. You need to know. See, if you don't know what God has said then you'll get tricked up by somebody that's telling you what God has not said. Study. You've got to study. Your soul, my soul, is too important to depend on anybody else. That's why Jesus, the, the, the word says, study to show yourself approved. Because at the end of the day, it's your soul on the line. It's your soul, your eternal soul, my eternal soul. And we need to know what God has said. I can't even I can't even see entrusting my eternal soul to somebody else. I I, I can't even when I can look at the word and see what it says. I remember we had one sister years ago in the ministry used to say, because we used to share with her a lot of things that she had never heard before. And she said, Apostle, you be saying a lot of stuff that be different from some of the stuff I grew up believing or grew up hearing. But I'm looking right at the word. I said, now, sister, you're going to have to make a choice. Whether you're going to believe what folk have told you or you're going to believe the word. You're looking right at it. She said, I'm, she said, I'm an apostle, and I can read. I said, amen, sister. We would, we would just kind of laugh because the truth is right there. You know, one thing I shared with the saints there, I said, whatever I'm telling you, I said, anybody, whatever they're telling you, they ought, to have a, they ought to be able to back it up, book, chapter, and verse in the Bible. And if they can't, then forget that nonsense. Forget it. I said, even me, if I, I'm telling you something and I can't back it up, 
you got the right as a child of God, apostle, where is that what you saying in the scriptures and how to be able to go to book, chapter, and verse? If not, then get rid of that nonsense. Because that's just some false doctrine. We are instructed as ministers of the gospel is to preach the word. I don't know how, what a lot of these jokers be doing out here. Preach the word. Anything we tell God's people, which is what you all are, other than God's word, we're going to be held accountable. Now, I'm going to say that. Now, any of you ministers that's out there listening to me, I hope you take that in real serious. Anything we tell God's people, and that's what congregations, that's what churches, that's what you all are. You are God's people. And I have a responsibility to tell you what? God's word. Anything other than God's word being told to God's people, God says, I'm going to hold the one telling them accountable. Let somebody explain explain something crazy to you. Just like this, this, this Jehovah's Witness. He was trying to explain to me with scripture and trying to explain to me that Jesus was not God. You see, when you know the truth, it don't matter, no matter, doesn't matter how much nonsense somebody is talking. When you know the truth about something. You know, he was, I mean, this, you saints, you would have been amazed at how much this brother was typing and, and messages that he was sending to me, trying to get me to understand that Jesus was not God. Leviticus 27:32. Now, when you go back to verse 31, you will see the scripture says that in the law, if therefore a man wishes to redeem or buy back part of his tithe, he should add one fifth to it. So let's say you didn't want to give up one of your tithe items. Maybe you had a uh, a sheep that you didn't want to give up as a tithe. Well, what you had to do, you had to, to give up one-fifth, you had to add one-fifth of the value to it. So in other words, instead of it being a tenth or 10%, now you had to give up 20% in value if you wanted to, to redeem or buy it back. It says every tenth part of the herd or flock Whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. Now, this was the law. Now, you say, Apostle, well, what about what about money when it comes down to the tithe? Let me show you something that many of you, I'm sure, um, had never heard before about money and the tithe. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy 
chapter. All right. Now, what we have here in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and beginning at verse 22, Deuteronomy chapter 14, beginning at verse 22, you had further instructions on the tithe. Now, you've got to remember that you're not going to understand this unless you go in and accept in your spirit that the tithe was food items. As long as you think tithing has something to do with money, you're, going to be, you're not going to understand this. Just like uh, that Jehovah's Witness. As long as he don't understand that Jesus is God, there was but so much I could say to him. Until he got that, got that down in his spirit that Jesus was, is God, then he won't understand what I was what I was saying to him. So I stopped trying to explain to him because you you don't until you get that. It's about like dealing with math students, and until your students get arithmetic, no need to take them into algebra. No, until your students can add and subtract properly, no need to try to take them into geometry and try to take them into because you got to get certain foundationary things before you can go before you can build a building. Every building has to be built on something. So no need to me try to go into a whole lot of stuff about the Holy Spirit and go into a whole lot of teach with with this individual yesterday because he hadn't even accepted that Jesus was God yet. Their religion doesn't even say accept that Jesus is God. So you know well when you understand that the tithe was food items, then you can understand Deuteronomy chapter 22 on down through, what, well, how, does, how far does it go? Deuteronomy chapter 22 down through 29. Now, the instruction was, in, in the Old Testament, we're not going to take much time because our time is up, but there were three tithes in the Old Testament. The one-year tithe, the the sacred meal tithe, and the three-year tithe. All right? There were, in other words, there was a tithe that you were to present in for one year, a tithe that you were to pre- present, which was for sacred meal or sacred eating, and there was a three-year tithe. Now, the sacred, the one-year tithe you'll find in verse 22 says uh, the spirit says be sure this was all old testament now be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your what fields produce that doesn't do with money you know be sure to set aside a tenth of what your fields produce 
each year. Then, sacred meal tithe in verses 23 down through verses 27. said, eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and olive oil. The firstborn of your herds and flocks. Why? Because you also set aside your the, the a tenth of your herds and your flock, as we just went over in Leviticus. It says, and the firstborn of your herds and flock in the presence of the Lord your God. The individual. So what would happen is the Israelites would, uh, for the sacred meal, the Israelites would bring in the tithe of their flocks, their herds, and what their field produced. They would bring these items to the place where the Lord chose to put his name, and they would have a big feast. They would have a big feast, and they would eat, eat. People eating from all over in Jerusalem. And they would leave the majority of the food items there for the Levites, for the, the priestly tribe, ministering tribe. So they would have a sacred meal, a big celebration, and said, eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and oil, firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence uh, of the Lord your God. At the place, watch this, he will choose as a dwelling place for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. But watch this now. Look at verse 24, because this was the instruction in regarding how money fit in with your tithing in the Old Testament. It says, but if that place is too distant, in other words, you stayed a long way away from the temple. If that place is too dense, distant, and you have been blessed by the Lord your God and cannot carry your tithe because the place where you choose to put will place the Lord, because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver. You say, Apostle, what is this? Tithe was food items. It was a tenth of what your flocks, tenth of what your herds, tenth of what your fields. Produced. Now, if the place where the Lord wanted you to take this stuff was very far away and you couldn't take a hundred sheep or a hundred goats or a hundred, you know, you couldn't take it because it was too far, then what God gave you the uh, ability to do or the privilege to do was to sell your stuff at home sell it. You know, God said, then go ahead and sell it. Exchange your tithe for silver. Some translations say money. Why? Because it's a lot easier to move with a lot of money than to move with a lot of sheep or a lot of goats or a lot of cattle or a lot of vats of oil. Just sell it. God said, go ahead and sell it. Take the silver with you or the money with you. Go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Go on, then you go into the temple. Use the silver to buy whatever you like. Now, this is why Jesus. This is why Jesus was upset with those who were buying and selling in the temple. 
This did now. Now you're going to get an understanding. But what was happening was this. Those individuals that were buying and selling in the temple, Jesus knew because look at it, it says that after you exchange your, til- your, your tithe for silver, take the silver with you, go to the place the Lord your God will choose, use your silver whatever, to, buy, to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or fermented drink, or anything you wish. These individuals that were buying and selling in the temple, they knew that the people had to come and buy the tithe item. Because that was the instruction in the law. It wasn't about money. You couldn't sell your stuff back at home, get the money, take the money to the temple, and just throw the money down and say, here's my tithe. It, uh-uh. You had to go to the place where the Lord chose to put his name, and you had to buy these tithe items. Well, they were doing this in the temple. And Jesus became upset. He said, get these out of the hair. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? Well, he wasn't upset because they were selling tithe items, but he was upset because they were selling tithe items in the temple. Jesus was like, look, y'all going to be doing this down the street somewhere. You don't have to do this right in God's house. And the second thing Jesus was upset with was that they were jacking the prices up. They knew that people had to buy the tithe items. So they would raise the price real high. So maybe you would sell your sheep for five shekels of silver back home. But when you got to Jerusalem in the temple, they were selling sheep for 20 shekels of silver, much like many amusement parks do today. They get you in these amusement parks or the, or the movies. They get you in the movies, and they know you're going to want a soda or you're going to want some popcorn, where you can get popcorn for a little or nothing outside. But when you get in these places, or a drink for little or nothing outside. But when you get in these places, they raise the price way, way up. Jesus said, how dare you turn my father's house into a den of thieves? In other words, how are you going to raise the price up like this on people? Okay. So, once you got to the temple in the Old Testament, you had to rebuy the tithe item. Look at the instructions. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. So again, I asked my brothers, was Malachi talking about money when he said bring your because that's what many of these pastors and preachers and teachers talk use today. But was Malachi talking about money or was he talking about food items? Scripture says in verse twenty seven, do not neglect the Levites. Living in your towns. Why? Because that's who the tithe was primarily for, the Levites. These were a group that when the other 11 tribe, nation of Israel tribes went into the promised land, other 11 got inheritances of land, but the Levites, they didn't get any land. Their inheritance was the tithe from the other 11 tribes of Israel. All right. And in the three-year tithe, we got to close this message because time is Time is winding down. Now, the three-year tithe. So we looked at the one-year tithe. We looked at the sacred meal tithe. Now we're going to look at the three-year tithe. Verse 28 says at the end of every what? Three years. This was called the three-year tithe. The instruction was bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns so that the Levites, and these were the groups who, who took advantage of the tithe years ago. The Levites, who have no lot, no one 
inheritance of foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your town may come and what? Eat. Again, we're talking about food. I, I just asked my, my brothers, I love them so deep, was Malachi talking about food items or money? I saw one of my friends had put up a, a thing on Facebook, and he was talking about, ooh, he put it up to my, where in Scripture did God uh, say stop paying your tithe? And it was in my spirit to put up. Where in, in scripture did God ever say pay your tithe? But I didn't. I just said I'm gonna have to teach on that, you know, so that individuals have a better understanding. See, you say because tithing was never in scripture something that was paid. It was something that was brought. It's men today that have turned it into something. That is paid. Why? Because they want your money. That's the bottom line. Not because the scripture said money or anything. They they want your money. Now, let's go and tell it like it is. I'd, I'd have a lot more respect for a lot of preachers and teachers. They just went on and said, look, we need some money at the church. I've told our congregation here, I said, look, we need some money. I need some money. I got to fly to Africa. I got to go somewhere. But not to twist the scriptures. You don't twist the scriptures because you need money. You tell people the truth of the scriptures, and you trust that God will bless you with money. And so far, that is exactly what he has done. You don't twist the scriptures. You know? And I want to encourage you, pastors, maybe listening to this message, don't be twisting the scriptures now, because now God is going to hold you accountable for that. You had to tell them people that tithing was about money. God going to get you. Tell them the truth. Tithing, what tithing was, it was an Old Testament command in regards to food items. That's what it was. Now, you won't see where God changed it nowhere. Now, God gave instructions on money in the New Testament. Bible says each man should give as he has purposed in his heart to give. Second Corinthians nine, I think, is that Brown verse six. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Tell the truth. Tell the truth of God. When you come down to preaching and teaching the word, tell God's people the truth. Then you trust God to take care of your needs or to supply your needs. One thing I found in Years of ministry. If you take care of God's people, God will take care of you. He may not do it the way you think it should be done or the way you think, but if you take care of God's sheep, like we preached yesterday, take care of God's uh, lambs, God will take care of you. So we want to make sure that we're telling God's people uh, the truth with book, chapter, and verse. To back it up, any of you have any further questions about anything, feel free to ask, you know, because what I'm going to give you is what the words say. What the words say. A wise man told me, my spiritual mentor told me as a young man, young Christian, he said, son, a lot of people are talking, but what does the Bible say? And that's what we need to be focused in on, children of God. What does the Bible say? 
so we don't get led astray in this dispensation and generation of false teachers and false Christ and false prophets and false apostles. What does the word say? The word is clear, but are we? My prayer for you is that uh, the word has cleared something up in your spirit and in your soul today. God bless you. Never smile. us through email at the Christian Center Church at gmail.com. Check out our website at https colon forward slash forward slash thadfg.wixsite.com forward slash tccww. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the TalkShoe website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.